0: What is happening, everybody? We're talking about sales multipliers today. Aaron, is my audio okay? I think you um,
1: told me I was veering off the planet a second ago. Am I good? Well, you know, we always well. got to do these quality checks. Got to always do the quality checks. And at the last second, I realized your computer had defaulted to your internal mic. And Woof. I know how that kind of stuff drives you insane Woof. when you listen Can you to the recording. you imagine if I went
0: back and watched this episode and I was talking with no sound? I would have lost my mind.
1: You would have lost your mind. Would have lost and, it, but- and- and, and, and the reality is, for those of you who listened to our show last week, Andrew would prefer to have this show every single week be about full-blown ranting, smashing, and breaking things. But we digress. We digress. We, 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 we want to make sure that we're balancing emotion with tactics that you can implement immediately into your business.
0: But hey, listen, if you didn't catch the show last week, it was timely on the use, misuse, and abusive language Politically, business-wise, health-wise, it's well worth going and listening to, but you're going to need some tough skin to listen to it because there's some stuff that I revealed on that show that the media has spent a lot of money and a lot of energy and a lot of manpower to bury under the sand like their life depended on it because it does. So (laughs) just need to be in the know. I mean, it's just a matter of being in the know. Um, I like it. it. I, I here, but here's, 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 here's my disclaimer. So if you want the sources, if you want the information, if you want the books, if you want the white papers, if you want the documentaries, you can reach out to me private and I will document and source every single piece of information I shared on that podcast. 2AT, my file is so big, it needs its own storage unit. So, but, but
1: here's the thing, none of it's on the, almost none of it's on the internet and that should scare the hell out of you. So, well, and and that's the that's the thing is that it, I think if it was up to you and me, we would probably have an entire show just based around ranting and exposing nonsense. Uh, well, we do it. Know, hey, I'll, listen, we do it in the, with the sales prevention department. We do. It, it, we'd probably have a whole show around health, politics, science. Uh, business just ranting on about things and exposing it, but we would probably be canceled off of the major social networks <laughs> with it.
0: Well, you know, one thing i will the, the cancel thing—is the podcasts have have done okay during cancel culture because I think okay. the audio is so deep in the in the ecosystem that it's not like on the surface text. Right. So like, let's say we brought up a controversial topic at like minute ten. It's really difficult to find that if it isn't front facing text, like on a, on, on a Facebook post or on a blog or something. Right. Yep. So that's why I think the podcasts have, have really done okay. When you want to have the tough conversations, just, you know, maybe don't have them right in the beginning. I I don't know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you just don't stream it live on the major channels. So today we're going to, we're going to tone it down a notch. We're going to go more into the tactical stuff. And today we're talking about three different levers that you can pull to amplify your sales in any business. Multipliers. So sales, multipliers, and, and this is, this is a really important show really for anybody, whether it's digital marketing or brick and mortar, you know, if you've got a traditional brick and mortar business, uh, because the cost of acquiring customers is only going up and up and up. The competition's going up for eyeballs, the cost to acquire is going up, uh, customer services is obviously more important than ever, you know, in in servicing those customers. But in order to remain competitive, you have to make sure that you're squeezing every dollar that you possibly can out of every customer and not in like a, like a way that you're, you know, taking advantage of people or, or, you know, manipulating people, you need to do it in a way that makes sense for them and is presented in a way that makes them excited and makes them happy. Um, so that you can give them the best experience and also maximize your initial, what we call an initial cart value. So that's the, the, the first amount of money somebody spends with you and then increase your lifetime value, which is the the total average amount of money that somebody spends with you. And if you're not familiar with those terms, these are really important terms in your businesses, understanding your initial cart value and your lifetime value, because if you know those two terms then you know how much you can spend to acquire a customer and still remain profitable in your business. So today we're talking about sales multipliers. And today we're gonna kick off with number one, which is upsells, okay? Let me address one thing before
0: you go. Sure. Um, When Aaron says cart value, I don't want that to like confuse somebody A lot of you watching may not have a shopping cart online where somebody buys something digitally. That's what he means by a cart. We're so used to being online and making sales online that we sometimes take that word for granted. But a shopping cart means somebody can go online to a website or inside of a funnel. They can buy something directly from you without a human. If you don't have that in your business, these same principles today still apply. We just use the term cart value as what is that initial transaction value. You might take the money on the phone. Somebody might write a check. They might send a wire. They might... Go to a link. Somebody in your team might run the order. It's all cart value, transaction
1: value, and it and it applies to both digital and brick and mortar. And I'll I'll give you examples. If your brain's going, I don't understand, right? If you have a mattress store, right, then you just look at your last thirty days of mattresses that you sold, and you average out the amount of people that bought from you and the average amount that they spent with you on that mattress transaction, and you will know what your cart value is. I don't know the transaction last time value. Right? I, you, Average I don't know. transaction value. When was the last time you bought a new mattress, Andrew?
0: You know what I did buy for my mattress recently is I bought a mattress cover that cools the whole bed oh, via some water so that comes through. It's called Eat Sleep. That's so, so good. Does is that is That, so, so that would No, it
1: fun. doesn't. But I buy a new mattress about once every three years. I probably need to do one then. Yeah. Oh, God. If you, if you don't have a new mattress every three years, you're, you're, you're in deep trouble. So your sleep will be a wreck. So yeah. I bought a new mattress... Uh, about six months ago and I was kind of surprised how expensive mattresses are getting. I mean, I think I paid about $3,000 for so this mattress. I bought Well, I yes, I mean, sleep is so important exactly. in my mind. And, yeah. and so it was 3000, but then they started with what we're going to go into now because they're trying to increase their cart value. Right? So here come the upsells. Mm. So we buy the mattress the first thing the person says is, would you like to buy the warranty? Right. So that's an, an, an example in both an online business and an offline business of another you, income, of another income stream of an up of an upsell. Right. So we're going to increase the cart value. Would you like to buy the warranty? I said, no, I don't think so. I, I can't I can't imagine like this thing getting torn or ripped or stained or whatever in, in the current environment. So no. OK. Would you like to buy this cooling pad? You just got the cooling pad, Andrew. How much did you pay for the cooling Uh, pad? Well,
0: mine's a whole eight sleep system. It was very expensive because it's not just a pad. It's an entire cover in which water comes in the back and flows through. You don't know there's water. It just flows through and cools the bed and you can control it on the app. That's called the eight sleep. That thing was a couple of grand.
1: Okay. So let's just say they had a deal with eight sleep. Yeah. And they licensed... You know that or or the ability to sell it, right? would you like this Here, Let me tell you all about it. Here's an extra two grand. We've now taken the the potential cart value of the mattress plus the warranty plus the aid sleep, right, and then maybe the next upsell that they throw into the equation is, oh, did you know that we also sell sheets, mm-hmm. pillowcases, duvets? Let me show you that the perfect combination because maybe yours are old, maybe you don't have any, okay, maybe that's another thousand dollars. And we know that a certain percentage of people are going to take it and a certain percentage aren't right. And we can make some estimates, but if you do this consistently for six months, you'll be able to see the percentage of people that took the warranty, the cooling pad, the sheets and the blankets, the, all these things. And you're going to get a new overall average cart value that probably took it up from three grand to maybe 4,700. And why this is important to have these upsells in any sales process is everything that you sell after the first transaction. So after the mattress is essentially the highest profitability thing that you're going to have. Why? Because whatever marketing you're doing to get somebody in the door to buy the mattress, that's your cost per acquisition. So let's just say that you spent... $1,000 on average in ads to make one sale, right? Let's just say that that's the average. So you look at your total sales in a month, you look at your total ad spend that you did for marketing, and you say, okay, well, when we divide the total sales by the amount that we had, it cost us $1,000 cost per acquisition to get a customer in the door here to buy this mattress. That's already sunk cost. So if you stop at just selling the mattress for $3,000, then you're getting a three-to-one return on your money. But every time you add those additional things on, there's no additional ad spend cost to sell those. You already have spent the money to get the customer in. So you get to remove that percentage from the equation, and they are, they are your profit centers. There's a reason why when you go to McDonald's, they don't want you to buy a cheeseburger. Because the, the amount they, ca- they charge for a cheeseburger is so minimal compared to what it costs to make a cheeseburger. They make their money on the fries and the soda, right? What most people don't realize is you McDonald's know, is, is. It, Yeah, McDonald's is actually not a cheeseburger restaurant. McDonald's is a soda business because to, to make a cheeseburger – the, the profit from, you know, what do they charge for a cheeseburger now, like $1.50 or something like that? They might be lucky if they're making 10 cents on a cheeseburger. But don't forget that. But when they sell you a Coke, a Coke with the syrup and the soda mixture in the cup costs them about 15 cents, but the add-on is $1.50, right? So they're making a huge profit margin on their upsell. Would you like fries with that? Would you like to supersize your order? Right? They're constantly trying to get you to supersize the things that have the most profit inside the of better them margins. They, they already have you in the door. So whether you're doing this from a brick-and-mortar standpoint or whether you're doing this from a digital standpoint, I, I lose my mind when clients come to us and they say, well, here's my product. And I say, great. What do you sell them after the first transaction? Well, I don't have anything. You have no upsells? One, you and, have done, no right. upsells? One and done. We're going to talk about that. One and done. And I know one of your favorite upsells for those people that are saying, well, well, what are the kind of upsells that I could offer, right? We have to sit down and think about this. Like what else does the customer want in their buying journey with you? But I know one of your favorites is some type of premium VIP concierge experience. Maybe you could talk to talk to that a little bit. Yeah, I think you have to have it in, in, in
0: all businesses today is a, is a deluxe or a premium version of everything that you do. I think so few businesses have that today and you'd be shocked, the numbers come in. We always look at the numbers. Historically speaking, if you offer a premium version of what you do, think about Mercedes, they have premium versions. Think about Apple, they have premium versions of their phones, right? Think about Amazon as you buy things, there's premium versions when you check out. Historically speaking, about 20% of people will take a premium version if it's offered. Right. It, the, the key, if it's offered. Now you might be going, well, what the heck, what offer? Well, whatever it is that you sell right now, is there something that could give someone more attention more time with you, additional training, additional coaching, additional consulting, um, just really access. I think the key word is access. Usually a premium version of something means more access to you and or your team. Maybe it gives them access to an event has been big over the years where you you might buy this big information product online. And if you buy it, when you check out, you get 50% discount to an event, or maybe the event comes with the purchase of the previous product. And now it's like, wow, I bought this product. And because I bought it, they're giving me access to a two-day event that normally would be $2,000, let us say. Absolutely. So premium versions, access, you'd be amazed at what that does as a sales multiplier, as a revenue stream. But you got to actually offer it and not just sit there and be a one and done, one and done, one and done. You, then you're a transaction-based business, which I think leads us to the next part, which is... I
1: don't know where you want to go next if it's subscription. Well, I I want to wrap up this one point with, I bet you you're an American Express user because you're you're that personality, right? So do you have a basic American Express? Do you have a gold? Do you have a platinum? Do you have a black? What what do you have? Platinum, yeah. You have a platinum. What's the cost every year to be a platinum member? $500. $500. So we already know that American Express is making money off of the interest on your payments. Why did they offer you a premium version and why did you pay $500? What did that give you access to? So premium Platinum gives
0: you access to the rewards program, 5X points in a lot of cases, right? So if I go spend, like for example, staying at a hotel in Miami this weekend, since I booked through American Express Platinum Travel online, and let's say the hotel was 300 a night, 400 a night, whatever, I get 5X points on that because I'm Platinum. right? instead of so, getting so, 5 400 points i get 2000 points right That's so number what they one. did
1: is, is is they they have their base level of product which yep. you which you got familiar with and then they offered you a premium version and that premium version was the platinum plus which you pay $500 a year for think about how many people travel have perks, american express perks, cards travel and, perks and yeah think about how many people are on that credit card worldwide And that leads us into the very next point, which is subscriptions. Another sales multiplier that you can have is having subscriptions. And in this particular example that we're looking at with Andrew, he had American Express. They offered him a premium package, but it wasn't just an upsell. It was an upsell into a subscription. His subscription is he pays $500 per year. Now, you have a business like American Express Mm -hmm. that let's just say they're making in the United States alone on the platinum card a billion dollars a year in interest on payments let's say they've got a hundred thousand users by putting this subscription in that's an additional five million fifty million dollars a year that's coming in no matter what because it's on subscription i personally and i know that you feel the same way andrew I appreciate everybody's business. I appreciate everybody's business model. I understand people's reasoning before it. I will not touch a business with my own capital unless it has a subscription mechanism to it. Agreed, totally agreed. I have no interest in an eat what you kill model that fluctuates wildly month by month. I want to bring people in, I want to have them on subscription, I want to nurture them, I want to make sure they have a good experience, and I want to make sure they stay as long as possible. And you know why that's important? Because isn't it amazing, Andrew, when you wake up on the first day of the month and you already know you have X amount of dollars coming into the business that month, whether you sell a single thing or not, how, you know, how, how does that make you feel? Yeah, it's great. It, it, it's, a, it's a
0: it's a stability play also, right? A, a lot of business owners today are transaction-based. So mm-hmm. they have a product, they sell it, and then they have to go sell the next one. And they're always having to, to, to hunt, 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 right? But if there's no subscription or continuity component on the business model, the business isn't that attractive. And it doesn't even have the same valuation, by the way. No. So it isn't it. even worth anywhere close to what you think it is if you're just selling buy or die, selling, buy or die, and on to the next one. If there isn't some monthly recurring revenue, it's called, stability income, subscription income that grows hopefully over time, now you're still making those front-end sales, but you're locking in long-term customer value and huge business value, valuation, when you Mm -hmm. have
1: subscription in in continuity, which is key. And I'm going to give you two examples of this. So yesterday I was speaking with a young guy, he's trying to start, uh, he has has already started. He's trying to grow his digital marketing agency. And he reached out to me and asked me for some feedback. And so I was looking at his business model, how he's got it structured. And what he does in the beginning is he charges for a service. And then if they like the service, then he will offer them a monthly retainer. Mm. And so it might be like a trial almost. Uh, yeah, like somebody will come in and say, "Hey, I want a website redesign, or I want you to build a funnel, or I want you to do this, or I want you to do that," and and he'll put them on this this service. Let's and he'll flat flat fee it. Let's say he charges five thousand dollars, and then if they want to stay after that, then they go on a monthly retainer at three thousand dollars a month or something like that for him to to run their media. And he said, "What do you think about that?" I said, "I hate it." He said, <laughs> he I hate it. Why do you hate it? I said, I would never even let a client come into my agency not on a monthly retainer. And he said, well, how do, you, how do you do that? I said, well, we just include everything every month and we do a five-month agreement when they come in and then it's month to month after that. And he said, "Oh, and they don't have a problem going on the retainer?" And I said, "Well, I mean, I've built, you know, well, I've built my well, reputation up, but What's I, interesting I, about that
0: thought is like it's not even it's it's not even common to not have a client come into an agency. Think about a lawyer even and not be on a retainer. Oh my goodness, you would so, be so
1: shocked. Andrew, I've been looking at I have been talking to an, I'm more uh, shocked an M&A by firm the fact lately that and started off that way. Oh my goodness, I've been looking at, at comparables in the agency world over the last year, and there's agencies trying to sell right now that have less than ten percent retainer revenue. Then they don't have a and, business. They, they just well, have a well, yeah, they're of doing transactions. They're doing like, you know, two to five million dollars a year and they're doing one offs like, like project based work. Yeah, like redesigns wow, and copyright. Nobody on
0: a maintenance insurance oh, program at all. That is shocking.
1: Shocking. I mean, this, and isn't,
0: this isn't like top secret information here. This is pretty no. like obvious information.
1: Yeah, and they're trying to sell and they can't sell. Why? For for what you just said, don't I don't know it. what the stability of the business is going to be moving forward. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, you look at that, the same people were talking to me and looking at my agency and they were saying, oh my God, your multiple on your agency would be three X what theirs is because it's 96% recurring revenue, which it I, I'm not, I don't I, even know anybody that isn't recurring revenue in the agency. I, I wouldn't even oh. do it now. Now that would be the high end yep. version of what we're talking about. Yeah. Let's let's look on totally the other side because there's a whole bunch of people saying, "Well, oh my goodness, like what what could I do to put into mine?" I'm going to give you the best example on the planet of a low end subscription program. Andrew, have you already guessed what it is? A low end subscription program. Low end subscription program. The single best one in the world today, hands down, bar none. You're are you asking me? I'm asking you. What opinion. is the best low end subscription program? Who? What company? has the single best low-end subscription program on the planet today, bar none. What do you
0: mean by low-end before I answer?
1: I'm going to say under $50. Under $50. dollars got to be Netflix. I-, I wondered if you'd go to Netflix. I think that there's an argument that can be made Could for it be Netflix. Amazon Prime? It's Amazon Prime. But Amazon
0: Prime's an annual, so that's why I wasn't including it because
1: it's not a monthly. Is 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 Amazon a $99 monthly?
0: annual, which they could make so much, they could, they could. Oh more yeah. So that's, that's, more, man. that's right. I don't Did remember you, um, if they,
1: yeah. I don't remember if they originally started as a monthly and they went to 99. No, maybe. they've always
0: been an annual, which shot. Okay.
1: So, so they're not a monthly subscription, but it doesn't but change They're, the an, point. Annual they're an annual subscription. They're an annual subscription and they're a hundred bucks. I wish that we had a, a person co-hosting this show with us today because the numbers change. I remember if you Google how many people in the United States have an Amazon prime subscription, It was a mind-boggling number. I'm pretty sure it was like 80 million people. 80 (laughs) 80 million people. Have a $99 a year. Have a $99 a year subscription. And and what does Prime give you? One day shipping and I don't know. like They give you free shipping for the year. It's huge. That's right. Free shipping and oh, one nation. Sh- I don't have
0: any idea how many how everybody's not on Prime unless they do like three orders a year. I do like three orders a year. and that's
1: and and you just made an important point there, right? They made this subscription so no brainer for the average consumer that for the most part, if your product can't be shipped by Prime, you 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 have a really difficult time even selling your product on Amazon. Exactly. That is a, a service where they blew people's minds with the level of value they were willing to give in their subscription, and Amazon could sell, could could literally do nothing for the next year, and they've got 80 million people paying them $100. This is a, it's, a, it's amazing, is a staggering yeah. numbers like that's $8 an extreme million. example of of an annual. Right, right. I, yeah, for for a small business
0: owner, you need to be thinking about a monthly, obviously. You could, doing
1: a, you could go monthly, you could go quarterly. Go, I just, I wanted to to expand people's ideas of what a subscription could be, low end, <clears throat> excuse me, low end, high end, monthly, quarterly, yearly. There's a bunch of different ways did, to- The bottom line is it has to be there. Has to be there. It has to be there, right? Why do you and I love Pipeline Pro so much from a business standpoint? Because we've got thousands and thousands of users who are paying, you know, 100 bucks a month to have all of the features inside of Pipeline Pro. Fantastic, right? They get tremendous value. And we have a subscription base that we can then use that capital to reinvest in the business every single month. And, you know, from a valuation standpoint, it's enormous. Yep.
0: And, and we also have an agency base too, because we're mm-hmm. doing fulfillment and transactions and all of that yep. as well. Most companies do it the other way they'll do agency first transactions and then they'll maybe do software or subscription on the back end but that's the lesson is not one or the other but both and a lot of a lot of things in business are both not one or the other I think a lot of business owners I would get, agree with that yeah they get they get caught up with well which should I do should I do this or that and I always like to encourage business owners well what about both mm-hmm. what about what about not sequential little steps but simultaneous, action in multiple places. For me, transactions and continuity. Correct. Continuity and transactions. And if you're doing one or the other, find a way to get the other in place. So maybe you're on the other side where you are a big subscription business. Maybe you're a software company like, like we have, and that's all you, that's the only way you make money. Well, what about adding services into the community to fulfill, people are always looking for premium services to the point. Absolutely. That you get paid on now in addition to having that
1: customer on a subscription, you can look at it both ways. And that goes back to point number one, because if you're a subscription only business, why aren't you offering upsells that could potentially be service-based? It doesn't make a lot of sense. You're really leaving a ton of basic economics on the table. Absolutely, and just, just to clarify, my agency, why it's, it's, it, even though it's mostly retainer, we do one-off services above and beyond that retainer all the time to give our clients what we want. So we still do one-off services, It's just not the core tenant of our business. Right. Yeah. People need more stuff. They need more stuff. And why, why they're going to go get it anyways. Why shouldn't they get it from you? Absolutely. So when we look at point number three, and this one is just, I, I, it blows my mind how few people do this is another sales multiplier is referral programs. Now. There's two. There's two different ways we can go. We can uh, we can go affiliate program or we can go referral program. Affiliate. They're actually two completely different things. I want to zone in on referral programs specifically today. Mm-hmm. The the agency that I'm the CEO of has never run a single ad in four years. Why? Because I tell everybody who has influence and every customer that we give great results to that we have a referral program and we pay five percent for a year on any services that we offer, which is extremely lucrative. I do not understand why businesses, big, small, brick and mortar, digital, doesn't matter, when they go through all the effort of creating an amazing experience for their customer, that they don't put something in their face that makes it very clear that if they send somebody else their way, they're going to get a reward of some por- of some sort monetary product discount doesn't matter to me right if you've gone through all that work and you're not capitalizing on the word of mouth the 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 reciprocity that you have created inside of your customers you're crazy how much better do you how much easier is it to sell somebody when a satisfied customer says these guys are amazing, there's literally no friction in that sales process. We talk about selling with less resistance. You have, let's just take an example. Go back to the mattress store again. You call the person up two weeks later, part of your customer service follow-up, which I know that you are adamant about, and you. Drive which you, you know crazy. is absolutely not happening. By the way, you got no phone call,
0: <laughs> very few and nothing in the
1: people. mail, and you might maybe you got an email. Check it in. Maybe at not. best, right? But let's say you put a process in place. Hey, we we we'd like to follow up with you in two weeks to see if how how happy and excited you are about your new mattress purchase. You send them an email. You send them a text. You send them a piece of direct mail. You follow up by the phone, whatever. And the person says, "Oh my God, this is the single best sleep I've ever had in my entire life." Oh, uh, and you say to this, "Hey, we're so gr- we're so grateful that you." Enjoy your experience. We'd like you to let, let you know that we have a referral program that if you send anybody our way within the next two weeks and they buy a mattress, we're going to send you another complete set of king size sheets and pillowcases and a down duvet for your bed. All you have to do is introduce them to us and let them know that you recently bought and you're sending them our way and, and then fought, fa- and then we will track you down and we will send this to you. Now, see, what's happening already is people are talking about their experience. I do it. We just did it when we started the show. I love my mattress. I love my cooling pad. I love whatever. Yeah. Now, when you plant that seed in your head and someone goes, oh, my God, I need to get one of those. You know what? You should go see Dan over at Mattress Warehouse. That's where I got mine. Tell him Andrew sent you. And then all of a sudden he goes and buys. In your mind, you're thinking, well, one is just – is just – telling people how great my experience is. The other one is telling people how great my experience is and having a concrete reason to send them back to you specifically. And people are
0: wired for this kind of reciprocity also. This is how we're wired. Absolutely. Throw a gift in the mix, even better.
1: Throw a gift in the mix, right? The, 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 the amount of money you currently have sitting in your customer base, your lead base, your personal network that you could tap into by just letting them know that you have a referral program, just let them know and let them know what they have to do and what they're gonna get, will send you a remarkable amount of business. And that's why I love referral marketing, which is is primarily what we do. You know, we're primarily paid marketing in pipe, I'm, you know, we're primarily referral marketing in the agency. When somebody shows up to talk to me at the agency, here's how the conversation goes. I talked to XYZ person. They said that you were the absolute best at what you do. I'd like to, like to talk to you about becoming a client. How much easier is that conversation than generating a lead, having to take them through the education process, having to break down rebuttals and blah, blah, and, and selling people on you versus having somebody already pre-selling that person on you, the difference is enormous.
0: Yeah, it's big. And uh, again, most get too busy and they don't institute it because it does need to be systemized.
1: Yeah, but even even if you just sent out an email that says we have one, and if you send it our way, we'll give you this even if you just did that, it would be better than nothing.
0: Yeah. Well, listen, there's a whole lot of nothing going on as we talked about. Um, and it isn't even just about adding a referral program. It, it's it's post-purchase upsells back to the beginning. Sure. It should be follow-up about we have a referral program. We didn't really get into affiliate or JVs, but it's the same kind of thing. Ah, we'll save that for another show. Yeah. But still, a referral program, number one, incentivized. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. And, and in addition to that, it should also be, and hey, by the way, since you're an ex- a new customer we want to give you 20% off your next purchase of fill in the blank another yeah. way to stimulate again another sales multiplier not on the list but in a discounted offer for your next purchase because you made the first purchase i see this in the nutrition space a lot when i buy supplements oh my goodness yes right right you get like the box and the, there's something in the box that says hey you know welcome to whatever community hope you enjoy the product here's a coupon for 20% off your next purchase that is like to me that is gold. That stimulates so many additional second and third sales. It, it's mind boggling the numbers. I mean, literally and one we, in three people do that. One in three people,
1: store. Aaron, in most cases will do that. Yeah, we, a we, big they're, number. Called, they're called ride alongs. Yeah, right? exactly. Inside box, and, and we used to do it in our e-commerce store all the time. And what we did is we took it a step further. We said, thank you so much for buying. We're not sure if you're aware that we have this other amazing product and to thank you for becoming a customer we're going to give you 50% off trying this product out with your first purchase if you order it within the next 14 days so not just the option but a sense of urgency attached to it always remember if you can add that sense of urgency deadlines reasons deadlines to what you're doing it will it will dramatically increase your conversions in, in whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these are, we we said we we're going to talk about three sales multipliers. We kind of slipped in a fourth, maybe a little fifth, <laughs> somewhere in there. There's but, so many. I mean, it's it's hard to choose only three.
0: But, here, means, he, but he, he, here's what I would suggest you do listening is you analyze your business and you say, do I have these multipliers in place? Do I have one? Do I have three? Do I have none? Do I have zero? Am I just selling a thing and then I'm fulfilling the thing and then I'm done? By the way, the lawyers are, the worst with this, right? Lawyers, I think the legal business is the toughest business in the world because they go sell their service, and then they have to work their ass off to fulfill the service, and then they're on the next client. Yep, right. It's like it's such a rat race. You got to try to find ways to take yourself out of the the time for money link. That's what a lot of. We, sometimes we get stuck in the time for money link so much that we don't even think about what we're talking about here today. Which is multipliers that equal leverage because they
1: give you the ability to sell more even without you having to sell and fulfill. Absolutely. And you see, well, I could go into another example right now, but I won't. I think that we can probably wrap it up with that today and people can go. Let me just, like Andrew said, I will encourage you to just go analyze your business, listen to the examples that we just talked about today, and choose one. Choose one today that's missing from your business, implement it and watch the free money that comes pouring in that you don't have to pay any additional advertising dollars to bring in the door. So it's almost pure profit. Go put one into place today and see what happens. Yeah, but what? And then one becomes two, two
0: Mm -hmm. becomes three. I mean, you could put one in place per month. And think about what would be going on at the end of a year with multipliers and levers, like you said, and different income streams. Eventually you start to be able to take yourself out of the business. And not have to be always in the day-to-day and doing the fulfilling. That should excite you more than anything is, can I get back some time freedom? Absolutely. Those multipliers equal leverage. Leverage equals more time to be able to go do other things. Because at the end of the day, I don't think we, we would prefer not to have to operate the business 10 hours a day, six days a week. We would prefer that, I think. Most not people. a big stretch, right? Most people, yeah. <laughs> not a big stretch. So good one today. Quick one today on sales multipliers, probably worth going back and listening to again. It's one of those, I guess, technical episodes where we might've went too fast on topics we take for granted, but all past episodes are at salesvelocitytv.com and we're live every single Friday in the Sales Velocity TV uh, public Facebook page. We will see you on the next one. I'm Andrew, that's Aaron. This one's a wrap. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Sales Velocity TV is powered by Pipeline Pro the ultimate all-in-one sales pipeline management and marketing automation platform that makes all others obsolete. And we can prove it. Take a tour at gopipelinepro.com. See you on the next episode.